This is Evermore Poe, the turbulent youth of Edgar Allan Poe. Chapter 19 Eddie rode home heartbroken over the news that Juliet was planning her own escape. But I've shared everything with her, he whispered to himself. Doubts about every part of their friendship festered in his mind. He had shared all of his hopes, dreams, fears, feelings of inadequacy and insecurity with her. When he was a child and was beaten for doing something wrong, Juliet was always there with a hug. When his nightmares were too thick to shake off, she was up, she was up making him an elixir to calm his nerves. Juliet was the first person he showed his poems to, and they shared time mourning their mothers together. Eddie shared every dark corner of his heart and soul with Juliet, and he thought she had shared her heart with him too, only to learn she did not. He felt hurt, confused, and completely dejected. Engrossed in this despondent trance, Eddie hadn't realized how far he'd traveled until the hoot of an owl shook him from his funk. He looked around. With the plantation far behind him and the lights of Richmond still out of view, the moon was surprisingly bright. The surrounding countryside was vividly clear under a star-filled sky. Under this indigo dome, Eddie drank in the crisp night air until he realized where he was, the haunted spot where the cemetery once stood. His spine went rigid and he sat up. The image of the dead soldier's corpse eroding before his eyes played over in his brain like a loop. He couldn't shake it no matter how he tried. Eddie stared intently at the horn of the saddle. He was too afraid to look around, petrified of seeing a ghost of a forgotten soldier floating on the breeze in the nearby thicket. His impulse to kick the horse to gallop was strong, but he thought better of it as the action might make too much noise. He remembered the bandits who hid in these woods. With stories of black cat bones, voodoo, hoodoo, and dark greenmore magic in his thoughts, Eddie became convinced eyes were watching him. He began to picture himself on the little horse, walking through the area like an ignorant mark unable to protect himself from trouble on this earth or elsewhere. Fireflies entered his peripheral vision, teasing him to look left or right. To Eddie, they might as well be demon sprites toying with him. That's it, he said. Let's get out of here, girl. Giddy up. He kicked the horse to speed up, and just in case he was being followed by anyone or anything, he flicked the horse with the tether of the rein until she was at a full gallop. He didn't slow down until the lights of Richmond rose in the distance. The gallop became a canter, the canter became a walk, and Eddie took one last look back and breathed a sigh of relief. His nerves began to subside. He passed simple houses on the outskirts of town, then a string of brownstones, and finally the taverns lit up with activity. Drunken patrons stumbled out onto the sidewalk with their pints and mugs. All the way down 14th Street, the scene was the same. A boxing match here, the laughter of the working girls there. Just another Friday night in Richmond. On his final stretch home, Eddie's thoughts returned to Juliet. Her betrayal stung like venom. He had always believed that they were brought together by fate, two outsiders destined to live under the same roof, both motherless, both lovers of stories, both living here against their own free will. Eddie always believed the two shared a bond. Now he wasn't sure about anything. A block from Tobacco Alley, he spotted the brick colonial townhouse he called home. It was one of Mr. Ellis's many properties, but certainly not the finest. 
Pa swore that they would move to a nicer house just as soon as his debt was cleared. Just outside the house, Eddie spotted two lanterns twinkling side by side. The coast was clear. The astronomy story had worked. Eddie led himself into the little stable in the back of the house. Good girl, he said, petting the mare. He removed the bridle and led the horse to her stall for the night. Then he silently made his way across the yard. But instead of entering through the kitchen as he often did, he took the added measure to walk all the way around the house to the front to avoid any chance of seeing Juliet. It was the opposite of what he usually did. A flickering light emanated from the cellar window, confirming that Juliet was waiting for him. But she was the last person Eddie wanted to see right now. At the front door, he slipped off his boots, blew out the lanterns, and made his way to his room in the pitch dark. The moment he fell asleep, the nightmares ran deep. Eddie found himself in a familiar place, transported back to the same little road he had been on just a few hours before. He dreamed the night sky was oddly crystal clear. An owl hooted in the distance. Then he heard the other horse snort. Eddie looked around in the dreamlight, but there was nothing there. He carried on. A putrid stench crossed his nose. He knew that smell. Decay. Looking ahead, he eyed the winding country road leading to the imagined forest of gnarled trees seemingly motioning for him to come forward. Eddie looked around, realizing he wasn't in the Virginia countryside at all. Instead, he had somehow been transported onto a cold and lonely road, the kind that he only read about in books. He had read this story so many times as a child, he knew the scene intimately. And he knew that it did not have a happy ending. Like the character in Irving's book, Eddie, sensing danger, kicked the horse into a full run, making for the bridge that he predicted was just up ahead. He recalled the story, get to the bridge and you will be safe. The sound of hoofs came faster and more furious. The steam from the beast's nostrils rose the hair-raised flesh of his neck. And then, in an instant, Eddie looked back but saw only an empty road. He slowed the horse and looked around. Nothing. He stopped the mare and listened to the song in the night. A million crickets played in concert. Nothing else. Eddie breathed in the cool air deeply. His heartbeat began to return to normal. He laughed at himself and turned the little mare back in the direction towards the bridge that led the way home. And then he froze. For there, on the road just in front of him, was a massive black steed snorting. His blood eyes bore through Eddie as the beast pawed the ground. The little mare whinnied and Eddie steadied her reins. He swallowed hard. It took everything for him to look up at the intimidating rider of Irving's tail. But instead of a headless horseman, Eddie found himself face to face with the ghostly visage of Juliet, her hair wild and flowing like flames her eyes stabbing him with intensity, and she smiled ear to ear with deceitful pride.
Evermore Poe is the historical account of a teenaged Edgar Allan Poe. If you'd like to learn more about Eddie's devolution to become the master of the macabre, please don't forget to follow and share this podcast. Evermore Poe was researched, written, produced, and edited by yours truly, journalist Chris Kosach. I began my research more than a decade ago using vetted journalistic methods with corroborated fact-checking from respected sources including the Library of Congress, periodicals obtained from multiple Poe museums, notable scholars, and the National Archives, among other collections, strung together in a narrative style. In other words, my story is mostly true. Our music today is from Esther Abrami. It should be noted that some of the characters in Evermore Poe are composites of real people, including servants and slaves who lived in the Allen home at the time of our story. Please note, while Evermore Poe is based on fact, it should not be confused with the historic record. For that, I hope you will go down your own rabbit hole to research one of the most thrilling American authors of all time. Our story continues again next time on Evermore Poe. Until then, I'm Chris Kosach. Thank you for listening.